Well, I think we can feel it in the air, right? Christmas is coming soon. We are halfway through our Advent journey, right? The season that we take of, of waiting, the season of anticipation, the season where we prepare for the time that is coming, the birth of Christ, the birth of our Savior. This time, this season that we take to, to rejoice, to rejoice at what is to come and all that Christ brings with him. This most wonderful time of the year. Now, I think one of the things that makes this the most wonderful time of the year has got to be the music, right? We got a taste of that this morning. We'll get more of it this afternoon if you come to the concerts. After all, I think it was that great theologian, Buddy the Elf, who said, the best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Right? We anxiously await for Thanksgiving Day when we know that many of the radio stations will click over to Christmas music 24-7. And from that point on, it's nothing but jingle bells and deck the halls and O come, O come, Emmanuel. And my least favorite Christmas shoes. I know that's like a mixed feeling one. Some people really like it. I, yeah, I, I got to switch the channel when that one comes on. But these songs, right, they give us a chance to, to hear the story of Christmas in a new way. Right? They pull us into the emotions of the story, right? As the rhythms ebb and flow. As the tempo increases as we draw closer to the manger. And that great vibrato of, of glory and majesty echoes the angels as they sing glory to God on high. I mean, music, it does something to us, whether we are musically inclined or not, right? It draws us in. It, it pulls at our emotions. Music even taps into our, to our memories. I think that's especially true at Christmas time, right? When we listen to some of the same songs over and over, year after year, songs that we grew up listening to, now our children or our our grandchildren here. My husband always makes fun of me, but one of my favorite Christmas albums is by the band Alabama. And particularly the song Thistle Hair, the Christmas Bear. I know, it's so odd and random, but it's one of those songs that we listen to as kids when we would be decorating the tree growing up. And so I want my kids to hear that song too because it brings up good memories and kind of a, a warm feeling in my heart. Music also has the ability to, to tell a familiar story, but in a new way, in a way that invites us to not just hear it, to remember it, and to really embrace it and embody the story, every part of it. My youngest sister, Lindsay, is an eighth grade teacher. I know, God bless her, right? That is a special calling. 
Um, but one of the things that she does to help her students learn new concepts is she puts them to music. She rewrites the lyrics of popular songs and then teaches them to her class. One of my favorites is um, Lady Gaga's Poker Face. Um, but she says, p-p-p-point of view, p-p-point of view. She teaches them about how you get the point of view across in a story. Or I've got a pocket, got a pocket full of pronouns instead of a pocket full of sunshine. <laughs> right? Silly, funny, but genius, right? She says she can see her kids as they're you know, taking a test. She sees their heads nodding because they're singing the song to remember what it is that she's taught them, right? Music has that power to teach us, to grab hold of us. Now, although the songs of Christmas don't teach us about any language arts concepts, the songs of Christmas do teach us something. They remind us of something. They point us to something, to someone. And music and and songs have been integral to our faith from the beginning. Right? We can look at the Bible and see that the biggest book there is the book of Psalms. A book of songs of our faith. Songs that tell the stories of our faith. Songs that give us words when we just don't know what to say to God. In moments of glory and praise. And in moments of darkness and hardship, there are songs for every season of life right there, present for us to sing. And using music and song to tell the story of Christmas, well, it's a no-brainer, really. Because the first person to tell this story, the first person to tell of Christ's birth, did it in song. It was Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, gave us this great song. We call it the the Magnificat, and it's found in the Gospel of Luke. Now, after being visited by the angel and receiving this great announcement that Mary would bear the Son of God, She rushed to her relative Elizabeth's house. Now, this is Elizabeth, the mother of John the baptizer, who we talked about last week. Well, Elizabeth at this point is still pregnant with John. I talked about how the timelines are a little wonky in the season of Advent, right? So Elizabeth is still pregnant with John, and Mary comes into her house and greets her. And as soon as she makes that greeting... The baby in Elizabeth's womb leaps, leaps within her. And Elizabeth attributes this to to a movement of the Holy Spirit. And she declares that Mary, Mary has been blessed by God among all women to carry God's son. Elizabeth sees what God is doing within Mary and celebrates it along with the baby inside her. And after this great blessing from Elizabeth, Mary begins to tell her story. A story in song. 
It's a song that tells all who hear it of what God has done and the great work that God will do through this baby. It is a song that declares God is great, God is good, and let me tell you why. So we're going to read now from Luke chapter 1, the Magnificat, Mary's song. Mary said, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will consider me highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. It is truly a beautiful song that Mary sings. A song that, that reflects the season we find ourselves in, the most wonderful time of the year, reminding us that it is a time to rejoice. During Advent, we rejoice at what is coming, at what is there at the heart of the season, the coming of Christ into our lives and into our world. And Mary gives us the greatest example of rejoicing. I mean, if you close your eyes, can you just see the, the smile on her lips? Can you see the glow that comes from her face, just the radiance of her presence as she sings this song? She sees God. She knows God. And even more than that, she is seen and is known by this amazing God. How could she not rejoice? How could she not sing with great joy? Well, given her circumstances, it is a little bit surprising. Right? We know that, that Mary is this young, unwed, pregnant woman. And we know the stigma that comes with that even in 2018. And we can only imagine what that might have been like in the first century. But Mary is not just an unwed pregnant woman. She is claiming to be pregnant with the Son of God. And that takes it to a whole other level. No, for Mary, if the wrong person knew, if the wrong person heard, King Herod could seek her out and have her killed. 
If the religious leaders heard, she would face not just ridicule, not just rejection, as awful as that would be, but they too could seek her out and have her killed. And yet she comes to Elizabeth, and as Elizabeth declares the truth and the glory of her situation, Mary chooses not to cower, not to hide, but to sing and to celebrate and to give great joy and praise to God who even in the midst of what could be a horrible situation for her is choosing life and joy. The angel has told her, do not be afraid. And even when fear seems like the most logical response, Mary responds with joy. Mary sings with joy at the life that is growing inside her. She sings with joy as a mother carrying a baby. But her song goes beyond that, right? That she sings with joy that all that this life will bring. This life will bring a world of peace and justice. This life will declare the mercy of God. This life will lift up the lowly and knock down the proud. This life will fill the hungry. This life will help God's people. This life will be the answer to our prayers. Now it's interesting, I don't know if you noticed as we were reading, Mary doesn't sing of these things as if they are going to happen. Now, Mary sings in a way that they have happened. God has already done these things just by virtue of the conception of Jesus, of God pouring God's self out to come on earth, to be Emmanuel. That means God with us. I know you didn't come to church for a grammar lesson, right? But Mary's song is in the present perfect, okay? And in that tense, it's to to speak, to sing in a way of things that have happened and continue to happen. They have happened and continue to happen. It is past and present. A promise of God already fulfilled and still being experienced by God's people. So we ask, how is it, Mary, that you can be so sure? How can you sing with such confidence in God's acts? Well, I think first it's because of Mary's relationship with God. We said that that she sees God and she knows God. And she herself is seen and known by God. She trusts that this is the God in whom she believes. And with such a relationship, with such a faith, she can sing with confidence that the promises of God are not just some far-off hope that we look forward to. 
but a present reality for us to embrace, for us to live into. And the same is true for us. That we, as a people of faith, look to these promises of God, of God's mercy and of God's justice as realities for us. That even when our circumstances seem to get us down, that we will live in a way that says God has done these things in our lives and God will continue to act, to surround us with love and grace and mercy in a way that we too can join with Mary and sing with joy, to celebrate God. And I think the fact that, that Mary sings this that, this, that this is a song, it also gives her that confidence. When we sing, right, science tells us that it connects us to the right side of our brain. The right side of our brain connects us to, to more creativity and imagination. And so when we sing, we can better imagine this world that God creates. That we join with our creator, God, and start to create this kingdom around us. That we don't just hope for God's mercy, but we experience it and we share it. That we don't just hope for love to be known and felt, but we give love and share love and imagine a world where all people know of God's love. Mary sings and we sing. In Advent, we sing and we sing and we sing. We sing of a world that Christ brought and continues to bring. And we sing with confidence and conviction that God's kingdom is already here. And we work towards the fulfillment of that kingdom in our lives and for our world. Right? We sing of, of chains that will break. And in his name, all oppression shall cease. We sing of God and sinners reconciled. We sing of light and life to all he brings. We sing of a king who rules with truth and grace. We sing of peace on earth and mercy mild. We sing these truths of God in Christ, not just with the hope that they will one day be, but they are here now. We see it. We feel it. We know it. And we sing it. We sing it together, right? We unite our voices together in these songs. And I was reading this week that, that something happens when we sing together, right? That, that in a group setting, when people are singing, the, the vibrations of the music are felt by all the people 
and it begins to bring their heartbeats together. That when people sing together, their heartbeats beat as one. It's amazing. Their heartbeats beat as one. And I couldn't help but think about how true that is for this season especially. That as we sing of these songs of Christ, that our heartbeats don't just beat as one in rhythm with the music, but they beat as one with the hope and the realization of what it is that God in Christ brings to us. That as our hearts beat together, we might work together to make Christ known. That as our hearts beat together, we might love together. That despite our differences, we know that our hearts beat as one. And I thought about as our hearts beat together and as we sing these songs of God and Christ, might it be that our heartbeats beat with God's? That the heart of God, the heart of God's hope and mercy and justice and peace and grace and love, all that God's heart beats for, so might ours beat together. So as we sing this season, may we join in Mary's song. May our hearts beat together as one, that we might imagine this world, this world that comes through Christ's birth, that we might embrace it and live into it. That it's not just the words we sing, but the lives we live. With hearts beating as one, may our lives sing the songs of the season. May our lives sing and rejoice in God. Will you pray with me? Holy Lord, our God, this is a season of hope, of peace, and of joy. Joy in who you are, joy in who you have been, and joy in who you continue to be in our lives and in our world. God, as we sing the songs of the season, whether it's in the car, on our phone, here in church, wherever we find ourselves singing the songs, may you remind us of why it is we sing. Will you remind us that as we sing, our heartbeats join together that our heartbeats join together with one another and together with you. Beating with joy at the great work you have done and continue to do.
through Christ our Savior. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.